It was rocking in here. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's it's right up there with the Texas Tech and the Kansas, honestly, being honest. I think our performance game a lot to cheer for, too. So. BYU fans thrilled the Baylor coach. Not so thrilled. Our performance gave him something to cheer about. Wins on the road are hard to come by, PK. When you get a chance to win a big game at home, you need to do it. If you look at the scores from last night, there were a half dozen games involving ranked teams, and fifth-ranked Tennessee won in Missouri. That was the only only road win in the mix. A lot of ranked teams got beat on the road. Number one, UConn. Number 11, Baylor, falling to BYU. And number 19, San Diego State, losing at Utah State. Question up on our Facebook page for all you college hoop fans. Huge wins for BYU and Utah State. How awesome is it to have two great in-state teams? I think it's very awesome because it's given a shot in the arm to the sport. The sport had been dying on the vine. The Utes haven't been very good. And BYU, outside of Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and then every other year, the Utes, is like, who gives a crap? If they would have beat LMU last night, we wouldn't be talking about it today. No. Or any of those, any teams that weren't St. Mary's or Gonzaga. It would just be, uh, who cares? And whoop-de-doo. No passion. Just get through it and see who had the right to get beat by Gonzaga in Vegas. Was it going to be BYU or St. Mary's? Uh, And usually Gonzaga wins it, and we'll see what happens. I don't really care what happens for them now going forward in the West Coast Conference. But here, this is a big-time team that's won at the highest level you could win. Speaking of Baylor, obviously, they have draft picks every year. This Walter kid will be the next one. They've had a slew of them, and the place was electric and great game. And Utah State is benefiting from the Mountain West being really, really good this year. I saw in the notes they put out, Utah State is against ranked teams in the AP Top 25. They are 20 and 109. So before that, they were 19 and 109. And so that's a big win. You don't normally do that. And obviously he's at home. And sure, if these teams were playing on the road, I venture to say they would lose because they did lose. (laughs) (laughs) Utah State went to San Diego State and lost. And but San Diego State came to Utah State and lost. It's the power of home court in basketball. Well, but it's not just home court. It's the power of home court combined with you've got a good team. Yes. I mean, they're not going to San Jose or whatever and winning. San Jose's not winning against these teams. Uh, and you know, Air Force. Air Force, yeah. There's a reason they're 10th and 11th in the league right, right now. Right. So, yes, I think the venue, I've been, and I've said that a million times, having covered college basketball is my bread and butter in this community for a good long while, that it really, really matters. But you've got to have a good enough team to be able to win. You're simply not just going to win because you have – 10,000 people in Logan and 17,000 people in Provo. They're gonna, they can help you, but they're not going to get you over the top. You're going to have to do that. And those and I'm flicking back and forth like crazy watching both games. And then I had to flick over to the Pac-12. I little, uh, the Sun Devils were playing Kansas State, a ranked baseball team. And I was doing some research there because Kansas State's in the Big 12. Not a kid. Right. So I put it on my time card. That Good. Was, that was work last night. Devils prevailed. Uh, on in that game, obviously, it was in in uh, Tempe. I guess now technically Phoenix, uh, but this is something that you should celebrate. This is, and I'm glad that they're there. I'm glad that they're playing well. I'm glad that they won because it gives us something else to talk about. And it was fun, especially perfectly timed games with the Jazz still 
I know in the they're all-star break, right. but the game doesn't start until tomorrow. So we had 48 hours basically before game time. They get back at it, and great. I don't, I, I don't know that they did that. Well, let's give uh, Utah State and uh, BYU two very good teams while the Jazz aren't playing. Um, my guess this is coincidental, but it really, really worked. Jeff says it is great. Scott says we have three great teams in this state. Weaver State's good too. Smiley face. Oh, emoji. Weaver State's been hot. Uh, they struggled. They did well. They beat St. Mary's, and then they they slumped a little bit, and now they're back. But for them being a one bid league, you know, it's what you're going to do. Uh, they still have that weekend. thing in Reno, right? Yeah, it's one weekend. Uh, yeah, and and hopefully they can win and and get an opportunity to get in the NCAA tournament. That'd be great. Uh, but the reality of the Big Sky is, you know, what do you do in that? Win the conference situation? tournament. Yeah, that is your that. That's the most pressure. Yeah. No matter how great your season is, yeah, you you could literally be you know uh, thirty and two, yeah. and and you still got to win. Whereas if you're you know for so many years the Utes going to Vegas, well they'd already established themselves. They were in. They didn't have to worry. I mean they heck they went to the Final Four the year they lost their first game, and so there was not really that much pressure. But the, you want to talk pressure? My goodness, Big Sky teams, particularly if you're really good that year, uh, you got a ton of uh, pressure on these guys. And I would think now that both these ball clubs are in. Because you look at BYU, they've now beaten three ranked teams. And and Iowa State, and I, I, I think Iowa State's their best win. This is uh, probably their second best win. Did you see the Scott Van Pelt graphic last night on, on SportsCenter by chance? Did not. So they have registered three AP Top 25 wins this season. The three previous times they've done that, they actually have won in 81 when they won four, but they've advanced every time they've done that when they've gone to the NCAA tournament. So, Well, yeah, we're going to – and that's the thing about it. They'll, they won't necessarily face pressure when they go to KC, and the Aggies won't necessarily face pressure when they go to Vegas. No, it's all But then about, the following yeah, week – then it's then it's on. Yeah, because if you're yeah. running out some pretty good uh, records, which I assume they will for both, and then you get beat in the first round, that would suck. Well, they can worry about that when they get there. And we're still a few weeks away, so there's no point in uh, obsessing about that because, my gosh, the uh, the Cougs got to go back right back on the road. And, oh, Kansas State isn't that good. Yeah, but uh, they're better than Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State just kicked your butt. And then you got Kansas after that. They have to go to Foggy Allen right yeah. after it. The so, road wins for BYU, there have only been two, right? In the conference at, you're speaking of? At UCF and at West Virginia. Correct, yeah, they only have the two road wins. Yeah, I and mean, but they're right there and a couple others. Yeah. They didn't get the job done. So this this offers offers them the opportunity, then this would be the best road win. And if they get it, then the next game would be the best road win. Well, yeah, but the thing about road wins in this conference, not necessarily across the board in College Hoop, mm-hmm. but in this conference, any are good. They're all good. There's so few. Exhibit Oklahoma State. Kansas goes to UCF, gets punked. Well, I asked Scott. The, Drew, I Scott asked Scott Drew last night in that post game press conference what the difference between the road and the home splits are in the Big Twelve. He said, "In twenty one years, when I got in the league twenty one years ago, Roy Williams told me it's the toughest league to win on the road in, and he said it's proven that over the two decades I've been with Baylor." Well, I mean, he's been there for twenty two, twenty one years or whatever it is, and so yeah, if he's talking about that, and I don't, and he's established himself, he doesn't need to blow smoke. There's only two teams in the league right now with a winning record. On the road, Houston's four and three, and they're who's ranked number two in the country. Who's atop the league? Right, and TCU is five and four on the road. Yeah, but I'm more concerned so, about in the conference. I mean, because you can, 
you can schedule road wins, right? But they mostly don't play road games. I mean, they probably have one or yeah. But I'm more. It's to me, it's conference road wins. They're the ones that matter. And I know your little graphic there doesn't show it, so you're going to have to. They're do four and two instead of four and three. They played one, and that's they beat Xavier. That's what it's about. What? How many can you get on the road? And each one you get, for the Cougars' sake, gives you a little cushion if you should stumble. Now they—I mean—they could lose home games without question the rest of the way. I don't think that Utah State will. But with BYU, and this is sort of a, not entirely, but this is sort of an anything can happen type of league. Final two home games are TCU and Oklahoma State. And I, I don't know that there. I can say yeah, I'll bet the farm on either of those. I mean, I expect them to beat Oklahoma State at home. Uh, TCU, TCU is a very dangerous team. Uh, Say so that wouldn't shock me beyond anything if they came in and uh, the the frogs won that game. I I could see that, but. You know, you want the opportunity to get those. And then if you can find a way to get one or two more wins on the road, then I think you're getting seeded to be at least into the round of 32. And have a reasonable chance to win there. Yeah. Although, do any the top seeds feel? I mean, there was a time when if you were playing a top seed in the second round, maybe you didn't feel like you had a chance. But are there any teams like that this year where you think they don't have a chance? Well, I don't think there's anything now with all the one-and-dones. Your players... There's a lot of parity. Yeah. I mean, Kansas, if they still had Grady Dick, yeah. But they don't have Grady Dick. He's gone. He's with Toronto. Am I right, Yock? You are correct. Guy that the Jazz are linked to, but Toronto stole him. I mean, they they picked him. He's not exactly lighting it up, but... and then they've got a couple more guys that are here today, gone tomorrow. I remember last year with BYU going to go in the big show, oh, I'll watch these teams and really study them. Thought, this is a waste of time because those guys are going to be gone. Between guys going <laughs> to the NBA and guys transferring in and out, it's got to have a new look. Well, Kansas is like the case in point of that. They completely yeah. remade their roster in the offseason. They've got no choice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a road they go down. A few of those powers do that, and they're one of those powers. I'm interested to see what Utah State would get as a seed because I'm not really sure. I don't I don't have a, a good handle on that because I know that the league has been great this year. There's no doubt about it. It's it's one of the best, if not the best, since uh, the others left back after the 2011 season. Uh, with that in mind, though, you know you wonder when they go in that room. Eh, it's still the Mountain West, you know, because uh, I believe the human element is there. Not necessarily saying it's right, but I'm curious, and we'll find out eventually, obviously, uh, where they will be seated. Because I wonder, because even Utah, even though in those great Utah teams, which were great every year, and I was covering them for the Watchdog, I they still I thought were underseated. The year they went to the Final Four, they were three seed, and I think that was the conversation. But it's not just that the seed, because there's four of those. So are you 9 or are you 12? Yeah. The year they lost to Kentucky the year before, they were, they two. were a 2, but they were the 4th 2. They were the 8th best team. That was a ripoff. So they had to play number 1 Kentucky, yeah. and that felt impossible. Right. And nonetheless, was, it was a great game. That was a ripoff. Yeah. Yeah. They should have, I'm fine with the 2 seed, but they shouldn't have been the 4th 2 seed. 
when you get that far, it can matter. Now, it mattered, I think, more then because teams are more established. And they had guys back year after year. Right. There was continuity. Right. And that's why I was just saying a couple minutes ago, there were one seeds in a previous era when you thought, oh, my gosh, we got to play those guys as an 8-9 seed. You felt like you were only being in the tournament. Majerus in one of his – (laughs) <laughs> one of his press conferences before the before a Kentucky game when Utah was an eight seed. So like, we're not gonna somebody asked him about what do you have to do to beat Kentucky? Said, we're not gonna beat Kentucky. I mean, who says that before a game? Well, Rick Majerus does. But they were loaded that year and he knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they were very yeah, obviously. Obviously they had stars left and right, and the stars stayed. They they everybody wasn't a one and done thing. So I think the league ought to just do away with that. Totally agree. But it looked like they were going to do it in the last CBA, and then they didn't. So we're stuck with it for a while. Yeah. It's sort of a waste of time uh, on that. If the, 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 I don't think the kids are going to die if they go. And if they choose to go, so be it. I, I, maybe, that's a, maybe that's a one good... And not one good thing, but a good thing with NIL. You know, maybe they can say, hey, you know, I've read I, that. I can get yeah. more money if I go to the NBA for sure, but I could also make enough money here that it's worth hanging out. I've read that about, and I don't know if it was about the NBA or NFL draft now, but I think it's true about both of them that if you're in that gray area, do I go or do I not go? NIL makes it easier to stay. You get well, the money, you can. play, you get better. Yeah, but it, it depends on who you are because at the same time then, the idea being get to the second contract quicker. If you're really good and you know that's a deal, that pressure is still there. Right. It's not entirely eliminated. You wonder if a kid like Cam Rising would come out. I know the Ute fans think, well, he comes back, we're going to go to the playoff, and it's it's for the team. He's getting an, an exorbitant amount of cash. Yes. Seven <laughs> figures. So don't... Don't underestimate that, that he doesn't necessarily know he would get. I know we're as fans, and all fans think, oh, we'll, we'll have 25 starters returning next year if all these kids come back. Yeah, they don't think like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw it. The six kids that are going to the combine are all under class. They all could have come back. But they were all Five in, or six, uh, whatever it is. They're all projected in no-doubt mode. Yeah. They expect to make— That's what the fan thinks. They expect to make the team— and they've probably got agents telling them, yeah, and in addition, the second contract. Get through the rookie deal. Right. Right. And then if you're good enough and you get that second one, you've also got the pension, most likely, and you're, you know, you're, the money is just life-changing. And so I understand why they all would do it. I would probably do the exact same thing. You know, we all like to be ideal. Oh, stay in college. You can get better, and you can be with your teammates and your girlfriend, and you can go to the volleyball play uh, on a Friday night in the fall okay. and be the student experience. There, that sounds romantic and there's all, all but of it's that. cash. Now, now, imagine you or I telling our parents, uh, yeah, I got offered uh, however many million by uh, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, but I'm not going. I'm going to stay and go to the volleyball and uh, do the student radio and do the. No. Yeah, but some have. You wouldn't have. It would have been goodbye to the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. Van Horn did. He did. And Andre Miller did. Yeah. They could have gotten whatever they were going to get the next year, they could have gotten the year before. You wouldn't have. Surefire picks. You wouldn't have, and I wouldn't have. 
gone. Yeah, but I mean, th- that's not even conceivable. So what's the point? The, the, at no point is that I'm ever going to get a million-dollar contract. DJ and PK coming up. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, will join us. Yak, you've been working it in there? Yes, we have. And what have you delivered? BYU assistant coach Nick Robinson is going to join us at 9 o'clock. Oh, that's that guy that hit that shot to beat the U of A. Yeah. I'll forever love him. Yeah. That was, and that was like <laughs> a little, we'll lead with that and put him in a good like, mood. The anniversary is only like a couple of weeks ago. He got we dogpiled by Tiger Woods. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> Tiger came out of the front row very excited. highlight. <laughs> DJ PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Coming up next, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst. We'll talk about the Jazz. And we'll also talk about those big wins for the Aggies and Cougars with Tim next. Stay with us. Accessing. <laughs>